And now, another cup of... The London Fog. And we're back. We are back with another episode of The London Fog. Our Halloween episode. I know. Well, we had a Halloween episode. Now oh. it's our ghost episode. Our second Halloween. Well, okay, this is actually what's kind of funny is I realize we don't know how to look at calendar very well. I know! <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. When we I kept thinking that this was going to be the episode we released on Halloween week. Yeah. And but it's not. It's not. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about next week. We've got it planned, yeah. but... We have a plan. Uh, here's the thing. It's really the day before Halloween. I feel like maybe this will be, like, this way they get to really soak in all of our Halloweenness, and then we can just move on. Okay. We'll just yeah. have a little shout out that it is Halloween tomorrow <laughs> when we let when out that other episode. Okay, okay, yeah. But yeah. I could mention something creepy next time yeah, as well. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> and today in London, someone was murdered. No. <laughs> Bummer. Oh my gosh. No, never mind. No, nope. we, sh- we shouldn't start doing that. I was like, we should start doing that. <laughs> no, that's awful. Um, okay, so happy, let's talk positive. about how Harry and Meghan are still on their royal tour, and it's the best and royal the tour ever. cutest thing ever. It's so great. Did you, okay, I'm guessing you saw the Instagram I sent you with the little boy yeah. that kept playing with Harry's beard. He like, I think he has a little bit of Down syndrome, you know. But he's five and runs up to him and starts just scratching his beard. Well, and he's so fine with it. I saw some interview afterwards, so like, cute. with the little boy. And, like, I guess the little boy's favorite person in the world is Santa Claus. And so that's why he was, like, so oh. into the beard. Because he was like, oh, a beard. I love this. This I is what Santa has. love it. Because, <laughs> yeah, I kept, like, petting his beard. Then, yeah, sure, he gives, like, Megan a hug. But then he goes back and continues to pet Harry's beard. It was so cute. Yeah. Ugh. And let's see, any big news that happened? Oh, uh, Harry, for the first time, admitted that he's hoping for a girl. Really? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I think that would be cute. Yeah. Let's be honest. I know. Well, because they, like... William and Kate already have two sons, so Charlotte Charlotte needs a girl cousin. Yeah. (laughs) No, definitely. And, I mean, they're so removed from, you know, being on the throne anyway. Like, I just think we need more princesses. Um, well, the queen changed the law a couple years ago, so princesses can inherit now. (gasps) Oh, cool. So, like, if, if, uh, If, like, Will and Kate's first child had been a girl. Had been a girl, yeah. She she would That's awesome. Another kudos to Queenie, too. I think she changed it right before George was born. Like, just in case. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Just in case. (laughs) Oh, well, sweet. Um, I don't know. That's about it. I've just been looking kind of through, like, royal Instagram things, following, like, what they're doing on their tour. Yeah. They've been in Australia. Do you know where they go after this? Yeah, so they're going to Fiji, I think. A Fiji? I feel like I should look this up. I'm pretty sure it's Fiji. Um, yes. So, if anybody is interested, there is a blog. It's madaboutmegan.blogspot.com. Oh. Um, and it's really good. She details, I mean, everything that Megan does is on that blog. Uh, but, like, it's a good. It's not, like, you know, trashy, like. Yeah. You know, it's, like, legit. Megan had an event, and this is what she did. And then the same woman also runs a blog that's... Um, HRH 
Dutch, the Duchess of Cambridge. Okay. Um, dot blogspot.com. That's just everything that Kate does. Oh, nice. Wow. There is somebody out there. This Emily Nash. We should become friends with Emily Nash because she is just letting the world know where they're going on their tour. So today is the 22nd here in Houston, Texas. They are at Fraser Island, Australia. Yeah, that already happened. I read all about it this morning. So 23rd, what's happening? Because that's what it'll be right now. Suava, Fiji. Okay. So <laughs> they go, they did a lot of Australia. They're in Fiji. Then they'll go to Tonga and then they'll go to Sydney, Australia. And then to end it, they go to New Zealand. Perfect. Yay! So excited. All right. Um, <gasps> Are we talking spooky things now? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. You know, Ooh. things are not that spooky when you just read them. It it's turns true. Out because. But that's why. Okay, disclaimer. I did my reading, I did my research, but then I decided I needed to make this like a true ghost storytelling. So for you and for our listeners, I'm just going to, I've added stuff. Do I know if it's true? Because the thing is, it's like you read a ghost story from a multiple other people and everybody's telling is a little bit different. And so I felt like Kate's telling needs to be a little different. Mm, I don't know if I approve of that. I definitely approve of it. But, Oh, come on. (laughs) Like every ghost story that you've ever like heard, it's a retelling, you know? So you always have like your own way that you'd say it. It's true. Okay. So, who should go first? Well, I was just going to give a little bit of history of a ghost story. <laughs> okay. You go first. Well, I just thought it was interesting because, like, I was reading about it and it says that, like, ghost stories are, like, every culture has ghost stories. Yeah. But I guess that, like, the English ghost story is what really made, like, ghost stories, like, really, really popular. And so... There are five key features to an English ghost story. Oh. Which is a pretense of truth. So it's like something that could possibly really happen in your life. A pleasing terror. I don't know what that means. All right. Um, No gratuitous bloodshed or sex. Hmm. Which, I don't know. No explanation of the machinery. Again. So they're not explaining what's making it freaky, I guess. And then that the setting has to be... Like, in current time. So, oh. like, if you're telling, like, a real true ghost story, yeah. it has to be something that could possibly happen to the people that you're telling it to. Hmm. So, my ghost story that I'm telling is not true, I guess. Yeah, I <laughs> but, or say, not a true is, ghost story. Mine is old. Because <laughs> we picked some old, like, popular ones. But yeah. for the future, if you're retelling, like, an old popular ghost story... You have to put it in, like, You have to put it into present tense okay. to, like, make it really spooky. That's I how, agree that's with how that. That's how you do it. Because... So it was just this summer that my sister and I went to New York and we stayed at that hotel that we did not know was converted from an insane, like, hospital, mental hospital. There was definitely, like, creepy vibes there. And, but the thing that made it, like, current, I suppose, is, like, everybody there would be like, oh, yeah, I just saw, you know, like this weird figure like walking up there just a couple months ago and I was like oh (laughs) don't tell me that yeah yeah see like the fact that it could still happen hotel henry people 
Go check it out. It's in upstate New York. Or seriously, just stay anywhere in the UK. As I was like researching, yeah. I'm like, oh wow, all these buildings are old and they all have ghosts. <laughs> They're all haunted. <laughs> it's true. Okay, do you want to go first? Should I go um, Maybe I should go first because okay. yours is like a legit ghost story that you're telling us. Yes, it is Whereas a ghost I, story. Well, yeah, but I'm kind of telling, like, the story of a ghost story, if that makes sense. So, like... I, I, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I understand, but I don't want okay. you to have to explain So, it. I'm just talking about the Black Lady of Broomhill House. So... I'm so excited. The Black Lady of Broomhill House is a scary story. Um, <laughs> this is a ghost story. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, it's kind of long. So, Broom Hill House is in Scotland. I picked a Scottish ghost story because... Fitting. The next, yeah, Scot- Scotland is, you know, where we got Halloween. But um, mm-hmm. also because the next season of Outlander is coming out soon. Perfect. <laughs> and, you know, they talk a lot about ghosts yeah. in Outlander. So, okay, the town of Larkall stands in... Somewhere in Scotland. Um, so... <laughs> So it's not important. (laughs) Yeah, that's not important. Um, So Broomhill House is a house that's like, it's it's been on this place that's been belonging to this wealthy family called the Hamiltons in Scotland for years and years and years. Um, The Hamiltons of Broomhill can be traced all the way back to Mary, the daughter of James II, which is back when the title of Broomhill was established. So there, so, you know, not a lot of there's a lot of backstory about the house, but basically there's a house. Um, <laughs> but Perfect. in the 19th century, there was a new family called the McNeil Hamiltons that, like, a branch of the Hamiltons that became owners of the estate. So the man's name was Captain Henry Montgomery McNeil Hamilton. Um, he was born in 1872, but he. Uh, succeeded to the estate on the death of his father when he was 11 in 1883. Um, so his father had been, had an, had a great military career and had married a Polish countess who had then died in childbirth, which was Henry's mother. So Henry decided to also join the military like his father. So he took a commission. He rose to the rank of captain. He, um, he married this woman named Edith Carmichael and they had four children but a very unhappy marriage and so so they got married in 1896 they separated in 1910 but he mm-hmm. continued to live at Broom Hill until 1924 so that's like the bare like basics okay so ever since he lived there there have been like numerous sightings and experiences of ghost stories around there like everyone in the area Mm. like knows that this place is haunted ever since like the 1920s um but so there was a woman who worked there who told her granddaughter this story so so it's like people have been feeling these ghosts, but she told mm-hmm. her granddaughter the story of when she worked there. So her grandmother worked for at Broomhill House from when she was 12 until she was 82. Um, she was a maid, then she was a housekeeper, and she just was working there forever for that family. Even after the family left after after the World War, she was like the caretaker that stayed there and took care of the house. So 
Um, so she was well acquainted with this black lady who, because, you know, she yeah. was working there until like the 50s, but the black lady has been haunting till the since the 20s. So back when she was in her late 30s, she started have or no, sorry. Pause. Pause. <laughs> so this is the grandmother. So the okay. daughter, the daughter um, was also living in the area. When she, she began having these dreams, a recurring dream, um, that she could see herself like in this room and they're wearing like a white blouse and a black skirt and holding some keys. Um, and she see, and there's a bay window, she's in a beautiful room and there's this, a tall, good looking woman and a very like handsome aristocratic man. Um, she sees a male hand and on the third finger is a gold ring with a black stone on it. The hand lifts a candlestick. The, the beautiful woman is a black woman. She's struck by the candlestick and falls to the floor. And then there's a sheet that's underneath where she's laying. So Helen, who's having the dream, follows the hand as it pulls the woman on the sheet through a door, through a passageway, and through a kitchen. And then the door is open and leads down to a cellar. Then there's blood on the steps. So this is like a recurring dream that she's having. Then she starts to have other dreams that are taking place in the same house. One is of like a young deformed boy in a nursery. Um, another is like in this in a cellar with hooded men. Um, so she's having all of these like crazy, crazy dreams. Yeah. And she starts to wonder like what's going on. So she tells them to her grandmother, who's the one who worked at Broomhill House for yeah. all those years. So her um but so her grandmother who like starts tells her like what happened when she's working at Broomhill House is that there had been the like the black lady that people have been seeing, the ghost, mm-hmm. actually came from India and had been there for about two years at the turn of the century. So her grandmother last seen her one night um, just after dinner, just as her grandmother was like walking back home to her house after work. Um, that was the last time she saw her. And then the, when she came back the next morning, the black lady was gone. And they had told all the servants that she had left to go back home to India because she was unhappy. But this was the only explanation that was ever given for her departure, which seemed strange to Helen's grandmother because she hadn't seen the horse and carriage out that night. It was a pretty long do- walk to walk to the train station. Mm-hmm. It also seems like that, like a darker Asian woman in this small Scottish town, like, people would have noticed her if she was yeah. out walking, you know? It's, yeah. like, pretty obvious this time of the time. Yeah. Of time. <laughs> so, anyway, so because her grandma told her this story, Helen starts researching the black lady. So she realized that the black lady actually, so this is where it gets weird, is so... What's his name? McNeil. Mm -hmm. And his wife had separated. So it turns out from the research that this woman, the reason that she came back from India, which they didn't really tell anyone. It was just like, oh, here's this woman who came with me. Actually was his mistress. Um, So he, like, kind of told people that she was coming to be, like, a nanny to his children or whatever. But she was actually a mistress. Um, And so anyway... 
it's like there's like not a lot of details about what actually happened to to her. her um there's a lot of rumors so one of the rumors is that like he she was had a baby mm-hmm. and so like that would have obviously been like you know not fully in, like a white man's baby also yeah. and so that's why she was having the recurring dreams of like the child um oh. and that like he murdered her because of that yeah. um but when he died so he died prematurely I can't remember how old he was, but he was pretty young. And when he died, his family, like, had a funeral for him and then, like, never went to the house again because it was, like... Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. And so they think that the family maybe knew that he murdered her because otherwise why would they avoid the house, you know? Yeah. Like, but um, the house was damaged by fire and left to be kind of ruined. Mm -hmm. Um, But many people report seeing the black lady as a ghost so like people say that they've um like walked into her or that like one woman said she was walking and she thought she was gonna and she like someone pointed to the ground and she looked and she was about to trip and then she looked up and the woman was gone so she seems like she's like kind of a nice ghost she's a friendly ghost she's (laughs) like casper (laughs) but also so, so but it's like people don't really know because some people like some psychics has gone there and they've said that there's an evil aura around, but they don't know if it's her or they kind of feel like she's just a sad figure and the evil aura is the husband. Yeah. But an, an interesting thing is, so there's a local ghost hunter said named Tom Robertson. He thinks that she's vindicted. And the reason why is so the black lady is actually, this is why I picked her. I thought it was interesting. She is the first, like, TV exorcism. You know how there's all those TV shows now where people mm-hmm. are like ghost hunting or whatever? Yeah. This is when it... Oh. Oh. <laughs> there's an angry dog. You guys can probably hear that. Yeah, um, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> but, so... He's a ghost hunter, and in the 1960s was the first time that somebody tried to, like, do ghost hunting on TV, and it was him, and he was hunting her. And so he says that, she that like, she was upset about that and vindictive, and in revenge, she says that he broke his back with a heavy stone, because shortly after that, like, a stone fell on him and broke his back, and that she killed one of the TV crew because one of the TV crew died in a car crash, like, shortly after, and he thinks it was her, like... Um, so he's actually, in the 90s, he published some photographs, um, in the national press that he says that, um, that he says are the ghost in the ruins. Um, but this is what's kind of interesting. So another woman broke her leg while she was visiting the ruins Mm -hmm. and she was trapped there overnight. And so at first we were like, oh, it's vindictive. But I think it is the husband ghost because then she said that actually she was freaked out. She was like at these ghost rooms at night. She broke her leg. She couldn't move. And she said that she was comforted during the night by a dark, strange lady who suddenly vanished at dawn. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Yeah. So anyway, that's the story. Um, People say that her name is Sita. S-I-T-A, probably. Okay. They're not. The black lady. The black lady, but just so. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) That's a good one. Okay, that's like like how I'm going to give mine, too. 
Okay. So I understand oh. what you mean. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think that's what I'm doing, but she should go first because I don't know what that means. <laughs> so can I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited okay, about mine. Your turn. So I love that you picked a Scottish one because I actually actually picked a Northern Ireland one. So other places in our UK adventures. So this is the ghost of Spring Hill House. So the Cunningham family was originally from Scotland, but they were granted land in 1611 by King James I. Uh, about 200 years later, the families have developed. They've built this home. It's beautiful and it's been passed down. Father to son, father to son. Some of them haven't had you know, sons. And so it would go to like a sister's son or something of that nature. So through time, uh, about 200 years later, we're around like 1811, we get to George Lennox Cunningham and Olivia Cunningham. And everything has been beautiful. They have six beautiful children. Life is coming up roses and daisies. He's in the military. They're good household name. Everybody knows them and likes them. <clears throat> so Colonel George Lennox Cunningham served with the Irish volunteers under Robert Stewart, the Viscount Castle Ray. I'm going to say is his title. <laughs> um, there's a lot of silent G's and H's in there. <laughs> According to the legend, uh, Cunningham had heard back from Olivia saying, all of the children have smallpox. And he's out, he's volunteering, he's serving his country, um, and he keeps praying that they get better. They're gonna get better. And she writes him letters multiple times a day and sends them saying, you know, they're not getting any better, or they're staying the same, they're staying the same. So he starts to slowly, as the days go by, get a little bit more worried and anxious, but one day the letters just stop. And he kind of goes, holy crap, what's happening he writes now olivia saying what's happened what's happened what's happened and he doesn't hear from her from her and in his desperation he decides that he needs to abandon his post and return home and see how they are doing because he hasn't heard anything so as he's like kind of on his way out he talks to robert stewart and he says you know they were good friends he knew that the kids hadn't been well and that Stuart had a lot of sympathy for him because actually he had gone through like a similar situation. Like there had just been a bit of an outbreak, but that his kids had done fine. And so he, uh, George figures that Robert Stuart really supports him in this and going. And so he leaves and he races home to Spring Hill. Takes some time. He finally gets there and finds Olivia and the children, and they're all doing fine. And he's all like, this is such a blessing. Olivia, you're a wonderful woman. The children are surviving, you know. She's all like, I'm sorry, you know, the kids got better, but um, I just, I, I tried to write and they they should have sent. They I sent you multiple and I hadn't heard from you. Um, he's all like, well, I know now. Everything is well. But then within a very short amount of time, he receives a letter back from Stuart labeling him a deserter he's left his post that Stuart never gave him permission to leave what? Why? and strips him of his title he now no longer has any sort of 
title, he doesn't have any more money, and he's disgraced. And as we have learned in previous episodes of The London Fog, the British and the UK is all about duty. They cannot be disgraced. (laughs) Yeah, they will not be disgraced. So this makes him sink into an utter depression, and then with the same letter that comes within 24 hours, one of his daughters gets really ill, and she dies. And he just gets super depressed. And Olivia tries to take care of him, tries to take care of him. But all he'll do is sit in the blue room because that was his daughter's favorite room. He sits in the blue room in this rocking chair and he just sits there and he sits there. One day he gets up and leaves and Olivia doesn't know where he goes. But he comes back and he goes back to the blue room and he just sits there and he just sits there. She's feeding the kids, as the legend is told. And she says that she gets this feeling that she has to go and find George right away. So she starts walking and then she starts running to the door. And as she's just about to get to the blue room, she hears a pistol fire. She opens the door and George has killed himself. And she's like devastated, of course, but that's now where the hauntings have started. Ever since that time, it didn't take long for the family to... They lived in the house till the 1950s, but the children said that their mother never really survived, and very soon she died of a broken heart. And that it's actually Olivia who continues to haunt Spring Hill House. The children lived there, and... She wouldn't torment them, but she was definitely seen and heard crying outside the blue room. So if you sat in the blue room with the door closed, you would hear a woman crying. That's so creepy. Well, through time, because once again, they had no income coming in, they had to sell the blue house or the Spring Hill house. And then they turned it into a guest house, of course. (laughs) So starting in the late 1800s, A guest was staying in the blue room that had been converted. And one night, this person, the witness, said that they heard rushing and murmuring of a room full of alarmed servants. And suddenly, the wall had a door and someone bursted in and was in tears. Of course, the person was super alarmed, but said that very quickly, everybody filed out of the room. And then they had this feeling of exhaustion hit them. They woke up the next morning and went and saw the housekeeper to say, like, why was everybody in my room? Like, what happened? And they're all like, nobody was in your room. Like, who's crying? What? You know, they're like, no one was there. And the guest drags them back to the room and said, no, somebody came in right there. But there's no door there anymore. It had been wallpapered over. And they're all like, where's the door? Where's the door? And they're all like, that door has been wallpapered over for like 25 years. Like, there's no way somebody came through that door. That's creepy. They said other people have gone even just on tours. And, you know, like, oh, I don't believe or whatever. But when somebody's kind of left alone, especially in the blue room, that you can hear like fast walking steps. People have said that there's just an aura of a of definitely a woman and it's of this like pain and anguish they also say that they're um also she's been seen in the nursery where her kids were trying to recover from smallpox just a woman standing there um nothing about george or his depression but it's 
just Olivia. She's still there. Just never recovered from the fact that her husband pulled the trigger. There you go. They owned it until 1957. And then the house was gifted by Captain William Lennox Cunningham, furnishings and all, to the National Trust. Mm. And now it's given tours. Okay, so this is off topic a little, but what happens if somebody is brutally murdered not in a house? I feel like ghosts are always associated with houses. houses. <laughs> no, that's true. It's I like they're associated with houses or like a graveyard. There's yeah. no like... I don't know. I, I feel know. like woods or something creepy. Yeah, but you never hear ghost stories of just like a ghost chilling in the woods. Like why would they be there? Yeah. Or like a field. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I just think it's something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> don't go to anybody's house. Yeah, pretty you're, much. You're not safe there. But funny enough. And this um, is why I will buy a new build in the future. Right? <laughs> no one has been dead, killed here. Um, Spring Hill House during World War II housed American soldiers before they crossed over to um, D-Day. Oh. Um, and... It's, like, on record that even people said, like, there was something kind of creepy about the house. Like, it was a safe haven, but that there was always an extra woman that nobody could ever place. Like, somebody that they thought was a part of the family. And the family would just be like, oh, it's it's the ghost. It's Olivia. And they're all like, uh. Could you imagine that? Before you're about to go to D-Day, like, you're staying in a haunted house. (laughs) I mean. Nailed it. It kind of gives you something to focus on. Like. Nice Something to have a distraction. Morbid. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but she's still there. So if you're ever in the county Londonderry in Ireland, Northern Ireland, there is a something house to, to check out. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's a beautiful house, you know, and it doesn't look that crazy. But after I kind of read that story about like this woman that won't go, plus I just thought it was like a good story. Yeah. Well, if anybody's interested in ghost stories, I mean, Scottish and Irish ghost stories are the creepiest. Yeah, there's some really, like, there were some good ones out there. I just, I was trying to make sure, geez, maybe next recording I will close the window. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of fitting because it's all creepy noises, background noises to our creepy podcast. Like, I was just thinking that dog was barking at a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It came at, like, a pinnacle point. I was all like, oh, gosh. (laughs) And then the dog. And then the dog came. (laughs) But, guys, I hope you enjoy this little extra spooky cup of the London Fog. And we're sorry that we were so off about when Halloween was. I know. But, actually, I kind of like this because, let's be honest, I don't know if, like, everybody, do they listen on day one? Maybe they would have listened on Halloween. Well, and also, people do their creepy Halloween stuff on the weekend before Halloween, not necessarily yeah. on Halloween. So, so I feel like we've we've done well. Okay. I'm giving it to us. Though, in the future, I think we will pay more attention to a calendar. Yeah. Well, I'm, we kind of did. We looked and we said, oh, this is the last week of yeah, October, which it kind of is, but <laughs> not before Halloween. So anyway, if you guys want to hear any specific topic in the future just send us an email mm-hmm. or me- or a direct message on instagram if oh you yeah us on instagram that'd be good and easy because we check that often yes um it's the london fog podcast at gmail.com or 
What's our Instagram handle again? It's also the London Fog Podcast. The London Fog Podcast. Yes. The email is just London Fog Podcast. Oh, yes. Womp. All right, guys. guys. Well, this was a spooky cup. Have a happy Halloween, a safe Halloween. Please dress up as something and don't be lame. Yes. Drink some extra tea on this chilly weekend, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Bob for dunking for some apples. And we love you and cheers. cheers.